Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. We're starting a new series today. We've been dealing with the life and the birth, the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ, dealing with the resurrection last week, the saving resurrection. And that was the shortest message uh, that I've ever, pre- well, not in, in my life. I've, I've preached five-minute messages before. I've been put on spot where you have five minutes. I prepared a 45-minute message. So last week was short, the shortest I ever spoke here at KLM, <laughs> which was 18 minutes. <laughs> so I beat Cleveland, yes. <laughs> so, but this today will not be 18 minutes. It, it might be, it'll be short, shorter than an hour, but it, I believe it's something that the Lord had put in my heart. I, I've been meditating on it for a long time, actually it's a couple years, and it's nothing... It may not necessarily be something new to you, but I pray that it will add value to you and bring you understanding in ways that you haven't thought about it. And so today we're going to talk about the new birth, the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle. I I just believe that being born again is the greatest miracle there is, Uh, more so than raising people from the dead. Um, I believe that that one day that the Lord will use us in that capacity, I, I believe it with all my heart, would fight you for it if you said otherwise. I believe that God will use us even raising people from wheelchairs. And, and um, I, I believe that's the type of anointing that we're walking into. And I, I've seen God heal people from um, um, cancer under the hands that the Lord has given me. I've seen God open deaf ears. Um, I've seen um, not blind eyes yet, but I've seen God do some miraculous things, grow out legs and, and so forth and, and remove, um, 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 what do you call that, with the teeth, um, not feelings, not yet, um, um, infections, infections from mouths where there was supposed to be a root canal um, schedule and the Lord prayed for someone and the Lord removed that infection and, and the Lord did those things. Amen. And, and I, I grew up under ministries where God filled people's teeth, <laughs> uh, sometimes with silver and gold and put a little crosses on those teeth. Um, these things are not um, fake. Um, uh, they're real and God wants to do those things. Amen. Uh, and I'll give you a story of a my brother, he was, he was born um, with club feet. A woman of God prayed for him, and instantly God strained out his feet. And how many know that we serve that type of God? And, and if we don't think about these things and meditate on these things, I believe that we don't expect those things. We just expect, you know, because it's pollen time and, and allergies, we expect to be, to be sneezing all the time. But we don't expect the God who created our bodies to give us wisdom and to also manifest his healing power in our bodies to deliver us from allergies. Amen. They told me that I needed to leave New Jersey because I was allergic to the trees and the grass. <laughs> and we said, oh, no, we're not doing that. I did get somebody to cut the grass, so thank the Lord for deliverance. So even after the Lord healed me of that, I still let them cut the grass. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Y'all got quiet on me. <laughs> but but I, I want to thank God for it sustaining me because I, I over the years, in the past, I've had horrible allergies. But this is the first year in a very long time that I haven't had that come upon me where my eyes is not puffy and sneezing and you know, snotting all over the place. But I thank the Lord. I want to give God some praise for that because most of my life I struggled with that, especially in New Jersey. <laughs> my dad would make me cut the grass and I'd come back and I'll be out for a week because my eyes messed up. And, but I thank the Lord for sustaining me. But he's a miracle-working God. And he loves to do miracles. He loves to raise people from the dead. We have yet to see this in um, the degree that God wants us to see it in America. Amen. Um, So I I, I believe the Lord wants to do those. What's the purpose of that? Well, if somebody dies before they're supposed to die, then we'll raise them up. Amen. And don't and, and be open. If a loved one dies, don't be afraid to cut out some time since I need some time with the body alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Give me some time and I'll get back with you. Amen. It's not, it's not a, it's, it's, 
I, I don't think that's foolish. I think that when, when people die and things die, I think sometimes we need to be open to the Lord. Uh, when our, our, one of our dogs died and went to puppy heaven, some believe he, she went to puppy hell, but uh, when she went to puppy heaven, I was seeking the Lord and asking, Lord, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, and I sought, sought the Lord about that. There was um, a young man in our youth ministry um, where we served for many years, and he was, um, I was there when he, he departed this life, and the aunt looked at me, what are you going to do, man of God? And I, and I searched my heart to see if the Lord wanted me to do anything. I didn't sense anything, you know, and whatnot. But when that anointing comes, I'm, I'm going to trust him, and I'll testify. And you'll remember this time of me sharing this. Amen. And so we, we're to expect that. But I want to submit to you that those are great things, but the greatest miracle is a person born again. That is the greatest miracle. It's great to see the blind eyes open and deaf ears and demons driven out of people. And we, we, it's great to see um, people go from poverty to prosperity and, and a marriage that is on the, the brick of divorce and restoration. It's great to see those things, but the greatest miracle is for a person to be born again. So we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. Amen. And we got a couple, couple surprises for you on Mother's Day, so you want to make sure you're here for Mother's Day. Uh, let's, let's go right into this. The new birth, the greatest miracle. The new birth, the greatest miracle. It is the greatest miracle of all times. And we'll take some time to unpack what it means to be born again in the next few weeks. We'll discuss how to walk in the new nature, how to walk in that nature that God has created in us. And so these are some questions. What is the new birth? What is the new birth? Or how can this miracle occur? A cure. Um, one of the things that we were talking about is we were doing songs that dealt with being born again or being saved. There's not too many songs that is um, explicit concerning being born again. They're out there. It's just that we have to search it or someone has to write it. <laughs> and it's because of Christ's birth, life, and death, and resurrection that this miracle took place and takes place. It's truly a miracle. And a miracle is, I read a book in high school by C.S. Lewis. Have y'all heard of C.S. Lewis? You need to read some of his books. I, I recommend Mere Christianity. Um, those are some books that my dad gave me as he was discipling me. And, and, and in high school, and I didn't know that he was on this scholarly academic um, level, but they had this book called Miracle. And I, I studied this book, this little mini book. It's not mini, but it's, it's a little, little small book called Miracle or miracles, um, it, it is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. An extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. We serve a God who likes to intervene, who likes to um, defy the law of gravity. <laughs> To do the impossible. He delights in doing the impossible. If you think of somebody right now who's not saved, that you will say with yourself and within yourself that it's almost impossible for them to be saved. Can, can you think of someone right now? Um, think, think up and in, in, get that person in mind. I want you to know that we serve a God who is mighty to save and he delights in the underdog. He delights in the people that we think that is unreachable. He can reach anybody. Amen. He can, he can. If we'll pray and seek the Lord, maybe we'll be a vessel or maybe God will use somebody else. Sometimes we have a desire for someone to be born again and we want to be the one to lead them. I'm, I'm guilty of that. Lord, use me in this person's life. And sometimes it's not for you to be the instrument and you have to submit to the will of God for that. You say, okay, it's okay that I, I don't get to preach the gospel to them, but I can do my part and pray for them. I can do my part and, and set up the stage. Um, some plant, others water, but God gives the increase. How do you know if you're planting? You plant when there's never, they've never heard it before. That's when you're planting. And then you water when they have heard. You're just reinforcing what they already know, what someone else has come along and shared with them. So some plant for the first time they hear the gospel. I've never heard that. I've heard, had this happen to me again and again and again and again, probably in the last 10 years, where people say, I've never heard what you shared about the gospel. I'm planting. But then someone else 
maybe five years later, five months or five days or even five decades from now will come along and water the seed that has been planted. And then the Lord is the one that brings that person into salvation. And that's called the increase. Amen. So some of us are planters and some of us are, we water, and it's the Lord who gets the increase. God gets the glory even when we plant and we don't think that we're seeing the fruit of it. And some of us, we plant through prayer. We prepare the ground through prayer. Amen. As we intercede for the loss, we're praying for God to set up the right situation. We're, we're breaking up the fallow ground through prayer. As you and I give ourselves over to intercession, the Lord will use our intercession to break up the fallow ground of the hearts and the minds of men and women and boys and girls. Who will be willing to be an intercessor? I want you to be bold and brave enough and say, that's me, Pastor Dwayne. I'm willing to be an intercessor. Raise your hand. If you want to be an intercessor, raise your hand high. Don't be ashamed. Now expect God to wake you up in the middle of, your, of the night, to interrupt your sleep, <laughs> to, for you to intercede for somebody else. Come on. You say you want to be an intercessor? He's going to use you. He's going to interrupt your day. All of a sudden, you'll have a, 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 a burden to, for somebody or some nation or some city or some community, and you find yourself weeping. I don't know why I'm crying. And the Lord will lead you right into that where you're birthing things spiritually. Amen. Now, who's willing? <laughs> it's the same people who are going to raise their head. <laughs> willing for God to evade their sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Come on, put higher. <laughs> I got to be at work at 6. Get up, get up, get up, get up. He will lead you and guide you. And so through prayer and intercession, none of this is in my notes, he'll use our prayers and our intercession to break up the fallow ground of the hearts of people and even nations. And then our prayer should be, Lord, send laborers. Don't be lazy and just say, Lord, save so-and-so. No, Lord, send laborers. You know, maybe you have a, a, a cousin named John, and you say, Lord, send the right people with the right favor, with the right attitude, who can get involved in that person's life, who can win them to Christ. Lord, send the right person. Maybe you are not the right person. And I, it took me a long time <laughs> to accept the fact that I'm not the right person for everybody. It's okay. It's okay. I had to come to some kind of resolve that I'm okay not being the man to lead everybody to Christ in my family. I had to be okay. You know, uh, uh, maybe your kids will walk into something that you thought you were meant to. It's okay. You leaving the legacy, spiritually, naturally, it's okay that they'll become that first billionaire, but you set the stage. Amen. You'll get the reward just as much as they will. Amen. So through prayer, so, so being open to the spirit of God, and maybe God will lead you to witness to somebody that you don't even like <laughs> and lead you to befriend them and put up with their nonsense so that you can speak the word of faith into them. Are you willing? The person that you don't think that is part of your clique and part of your group and, and part of your community, be open. You know, when, if the Lord leads you even dealing with homeless people and people that's not like you or a millionaire. Everybody wants to be friends with a millionaire. <laughs> but what about the person who can't do nothing for us? That you, it's a one-way one -way street. It's a one-way communication, a one-way relationship where you're the one that's pouring and you're the one that's giving. And every time you go out to eat a lunch, you're the one buying. Come on. I'm preaching better than you said amen. You got to be open because God uses those conversations with, 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 with someone that they know to plant the seed or to water it. Amen. That's none of my notes, none of my notes. Uh, we're, we're talking about the new birth, the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle. Uh, um, it, it, it's because of Christ. So go with me in your Bibles to John chapter 3, John chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 3. <clears throat> it's okay if God uses someone else. And when you've been praying and crying out for God to use you, 
It's okay for God to exalt your brothers and your sisters over you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Amen. Um, it's okay when somebody, you've been believing God for miracles and somebody just gets saved and they walk right into what you've been standing for. <laughs> it's okay. We at the church have been praying for revival and God gives the revival to the church down the street. It's okay. As long as we're part of the plan of God, amen, we do our parts. It's, we got to learn how to function in our grace, function in our place. And when we do our part, then God does his part. God, God chooses who he will, who he will, right? He, he, so we got to be open to whatever, however he does it. You know, you, pray, you, you can believe God by faith for things that he's promised in the word, but you can't tell God how to do it. Amen. Lord, I want this financial blessing. And then God gives you an extra hour on the job. <laughs> God, God opens some other opportunities. Come on. Are you with me? God leads you to go back to school. God leads you to, to a business or something outside of what you're expecting. Sometimes people are expecting checks when God is dealing with them about ideals. Amen. God, God will use your job as a means to bless you. It's one of the ways he meets your daily bread. He gives you your daily bread. So just be open to however he leads you. Amen. And some of y'all pray, Lord, speak to me, Lord, speak to me. And God will use your kids to speak to you. <laughs> Amen. Like, wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Uh, thank you, Lord. John chapter 3, verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees, because um, he was fair, you see, um, named Nicodemus, some of y'all got it, um, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, let's stop there. Notice that this man, he was a, a ruler in the Jewish community, and he, he heard about Jesus. He heard about the miracles. He heard about his teaching with authority, and yet he, he didn't come to Jesus or associate with Jesus in the daytime. Specifically, John highlights that the fact that he came at night. Um, perhaps he was ashamed. Perhaps he didn't want to be associated with, with Jesus. Perhaps he didn't want to be um, tagged as one of those um, Jesus freaks. <laughs> uh, but but he, he came to Jesus by night, and he recognized him as a teacher in the community, a rabbi, a master. Uh, Perhaps he didn't want to say and recognize him or approach him in the daytime because he had the conviction that he was somebody greater that was supposed to be recognized and honored. We know that you are a teacher come from God. We recognize that you came from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So he recognized Jesus as being anointed by God. Jesus being that God was with him. Verse 3, and Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He says, unless you are born again, no one can see the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God is unlike anything that we know. We know about the kingdom of humanity, the, um, the kingdom of man, but this kingdom of God is supernatural. Right now, it's invisible. The kingdom of God is invisible. And sometimes we want that invisible kingdom to show up within, within the, the visible realm. It's beyond this world. The rule and the reign of God in his kingdom. It doesn't look like God is winning. It doesn't look like God is on the throne if you look at the world. But how many know that God is, he sits upon the throne, on his throne that is invisible to us at this time, and he's ruling and he's reigning. And one way he rules in the life of the believer is by obedience to him. When we obey him, he's ruling in our lives. Unfortunately, he's not ruling in every Christian's life. He's not. The, some, sometimes some believers are allowing the kingdoms of this world to rule in their lives. Satan rules through the flesh and God rules through obedience to the gospel. God is ruling those who are yielded to him, those who are obedient to him, those that listen to him and hearken to his voice. That's how God is ruling and reigning. 
But for the unbeliever, Satan is ruling and reigning through their obedience to the God of this world. The scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that Satan is the God of this world. Little g. He's the God of this world. He's ruling. So the question that has always been since I was a little kid, um, if God is in control, why is there famine and violence and all these things? Because God is not the God of this world. He's God, but he's not the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world. And his time, there's an expiration date on his time as being God of this world. One day, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and our God in the days to come. Amen. How many know that we're looking forward to that? And so Jesus said to, to Nicodemus, you know, you cannot even see this kingdom unless you're born again. You can't even be a part of it. The word born again simply means to be born from up above. There's not a lot of people using that term these days. Born again, you know, some, some used to say born again believer. How can you believe, be a believer without being born again? How can you be saved without being born again? It's something that happens supernaturally, that God removes your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. He changes your nature. He changes your heart. He changes your life. Something happens when Jesus comes in. It's not just a, a mere passing. I said a prayer. I joined the club. I paid my dues. But it's something supernaturally that takes place. Something miraculous, something that is unbroken, uh, not, cannot be broken, something that it, it, it's, it, there, there's evidence. When he comes in, he, he puts his imprints on us. He puts his nature and his spirit, and I'm getting ahead of myself, he seals us with his spirit. He marks us as set apart for him. Something happens when true salvation happens. You can't do the same thing that you used to do. Uh, if, if you go to do it, there's something that bothers you. Salvation takes place. Amen. Amen. That's what we want. Amen. We don't want just a bunch of people saying a bunch of prayer, signing a little contract, saying I'm a part of this community. No, we want true born again believers. People who's been washed in the blood that has been set apart for God and you can see the marks of God. You can see the evidence that God is in their life. I mean, I mean no, we need to have that. That, that. If you pray and you seek the Lord, that God needs to show up in your life. He needs to show up. Your, your, your spouse is to be the greatest witness of the resurrection of Christ inside of you. Your children should be the greatest witnesses of the resurrection Christ inside of you. They should say, well, I know that that, that, that man and that woman, that mom and that dad, that grandmom, um, they weren't perfect, but God was with them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you must, you cannot see this kingdom. You can't even experience the kingdom of God. There's some that in the church, they're not part of the church. They, 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 they come and they, they, they're part of the crowd, you know, and, and they see stuff and see what's happening, but they don't see this kingdom. But if you're born again, you see the kingdom of God. Not naturally speaking, but supernaturally, spiritually, you're able to see the kingdom of God. You see God's reign in a person's life. You see God's reign over a situation. Come on. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. We are able to see that because we're born again. That's one of the traits of a person being born again. Amen. And then goes on in verse 5, it says, oh, verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? <laughs> how, how, how can you start over when you're old? I imagine Nicodemus was above 30, and he's, he's seeking out an answer. He says, how can this, these things be? How can, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? How is this possible? You're talking about being born again. You're talking about starting over, born afresh, anew. How can these things be? And how many know that's, that's some, those are some good questions? I mean, God loves when we think. He's looking for some thinking Christians. It's one thing, you know, some people just say, I believe. <laughs> but it's okay to wrestle with what you believe. 
to think about it, to consider it. And, and that's how you find answers, right? There's a book, uh, a book that was written back in the 60s, revised in the 70s. It's called How to Read a Book. And that's the name of the book because how to read a book. And it tells you how to look for truth in the book, how to extract everything from it. And the highest way to read a book is to ask questions from the author and look for the answer to see if the author answers that question that you're asked. And he tells you to take a pen or a pencil and write it in the book what, you know, basically demanding answers from what the author has proposed. I mean, that's, that's higher level of reading. It's not just reading to, for entertainment, which is fine, but we need to read with the mindset of demanding answers from the author. That's one of the best ways to read the Bible. It's asking questions. Why did you say this, Paul? And what does the rest of the chapter have to do with what you just said? What does the rest of the Testament have to do with what you just said? What does the rest of the Bible have to do with what you just said? And how does this relate to Jesus? How does this relate to me in 2022? It's, it's good to, when you go in reading the Bible, looking, becoming what they call a demanding reader, where you demand something from the author, where you're seeking and you're praying and you say, I, I, I want to know, why did you say that? You made a claim, so do you support your claim? Is it true in what you said? Amen. That's reading 101. <laughs> you can catch the seminar online. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I used to teach a seminar at a community college called how to, how to Read. And everybody laughed. They're like, I know, this is so whack. And then when they leave, they was like, man, I really know how to read a book. <laughs> I, thought, I, I understand there's more to it than just reading, you know, and just to go through the words. Amen. And so here we see that the scripture says that He's asking questions, can, can this be? Verse 5, and Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So now he, he, he explains, or he's answering, come on, y'all tracking with me, right? He's answering Nicodemus' question. Nicodemus says, how can it, can it, how is it possible for a person to be born when he's old? Or how can he, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly. In other words, pay attention. When you say that, see that truly, truly, or verily, verily, it, it's important that he's emphasizing something. He's, he's putting great emphasis on something. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus just gave Nicodemus the answer that he was looking for. The question for us is, so what, is, what does it mean to be born of water? Now, some who, who are in error believe that this is talking about being baptized with water. I mean, oh, the water baptism is great. It's needed. Jesus gave this ordinance to the church that we're to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Cleveland preached a message years ago called uh, water baptism. It's like a public, uh, a public affirmation or a public confession that you belong to the church, that you identify with Christ. It's online. Go look it up. It's a really good message. It's short, but it's good. <laughs> born of water. Born of water. It, it, it's beyond just water baptism. Let me, let me give you this. Um, uh, first Peter. Let's go over First Peter. Water is a representation of the word of God. Ephesians 5 tells husbands to wash their wives with the water of his word. John chapter 15 verse 3 says, you are clean through the words that I've spoken to you. So water here is representing the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And let's look at verse 22 and 25 through 25. It says this, having purified, having, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Let's stop there. Notice that Peter is saying, how do you purify your soul? You don't go to Peru and drink some tea and shake for eight hours. You purify your soul by your obedience to the truth. 
people want to go purify their souls. I say, let me go. I, got to, I need a soul cleanse. I need to cleanse my souls. Get in the word and your soul will be clean. And David said it from Psalm 119. He says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to your word. The word cleanses us. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go throughout the week, and, and especially if you're working at a, a warehouse in different places, and they, they're using F-bombs every five minutes. You have all those words coming through you, and you're like, what the heck? Are you in this classroom, and, and you got your students using words, and you're like, what the heck? Are they gossiping on this job and what different things? You got all that stuff coming on you. We need to take spiritual baths every day, showers. <laughs> rain on me. You know, they like to sing, rain on me. They want to sing that. Well, get in the word and his word will rain on you. Shower of his word will cleanse that mind, cleanse that attitude, cleanse those desires. I mean, no, as a Christian, you could have ungodly desires. <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> Shame the devil, tell the truth. We, 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 we can have under, undesire, ungodly desires and that word will cleanse our desires. Give us things, give us a desire for things, for those things that are right. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 37, verse 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That word delight doesn't mean to be happy in the Lord. It means to be like putty in the hands of the master, to be like clay. And so as you're in his hands with humility, he begins to put those desires in your heart. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that he'll give you everything that you desire. He'll put the desires that he wants in your heart, and he'll bring those desires to pass. He won't just give you everything your heart desires, but he'll give you everything he puts there. And as you're put, like putty in his hands, like a clay, you submit. You know, people like to sing, uh, you're the clay. I mean, you're the potter and I'm the clay. That sounds nice, but get on that word and that's where you become the clay. That word, he can make you. He can mold you. He can conform you to the image of Christ through that word. He uses that word, your time of prayer and your time in the word. And, give, and then he turns around and gives you an opportunity to put into practice what you've been studying. See, sometimes you be like, Lord, your will be done. I say yes. And then all of a sudden he'll give you an opportunity to, to let that yes be a functional yes. A yes that really shows up. Is your life a yes to the Lord? Everybody says, just say yes. It sounds good. It gets your emotions high. But when the reality comes, Monday morning comes. Or before you get out of Perth and boy, you have an opportunity to say yes. With your kids sing, screaming in the background, your husband and your wife upset it with you. Come on. Uh, text messages you have an opportunity to say yes. That's where the true yes is. You initiate the yes in here, but the true yes is lived out in the real world. Amen? Amen. That's where real Christianity happens. I mean, we were in a session last night with the marriage couple. I'm telling you, the real Christianity starts at home. That real authentic Christianity. I'm talking about bonafide. You want to make sure you feel with the spirit, get married. <laughs> your flesh will show up <laughs> your attitude and come on out to the next session um, um, it's uh, May 14 May 14 come on out amen I don't care if it is your birthday on the 15th come on out on the 14th <laughs> sorry First Peter chapter 22 heaven purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love love one another earnestly from a pure heart Verse um, 23, since you have been born or what? Since you have been what? Okay, since you've been born again, not of what? Corruptible or perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So we've been born again. How many know the word of God is seed? Amen. Proverbs, I mean, Mark chapter 4 tells us the source sows the word. When I teach and preach or when you witness and when I witness, we're sowing seeds. Everything is seed. Your money is a seed. Your words are seeds. Your, 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 your attitude is a seed. Your prayers are seeds. I mean, no, we need some prayer seeds uh, planted. Amen. You want people to pray for you? Pray for somebody else. Do unto others as you will have them do unto you. When somebody else is going through, you pray them through and somebody pray you through. Everything is seed time and harvest. Everything, you got to look at everything. Whatever I do, I'm going to reap. I, we don't believe in karma. 
karma is really dealing with the afterlife. We, we believe in the law of sowing and reaping. So everything, God so loved the world, he sold his son, and he got other sons and daughters in him. Come on. Everything is seed time and harvest. And so here, the word of God is displayed as seed. It's imperishable. It's undestroyable. This word will not return unto God void. Isaiah 55 tells us that God, Jeremiah 1 tells us that God watches over his word to perform it. And the Bible says in Isaiah 55, it says that the word of God will not return unto him void. So if you sow that seed or the seed of his word, that seed will produce an harvest. And it tells us in Mark 4 that some will reap a 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I don't know about you, but I'm greedy enough to want the 100-fold. I want the 100-fold walk of God. I want God 100-fold in my marriage, 100-fold in my parenting, 100-fold in my life, my body, my finances, the church I serve. I want 100-fold everywhere I turn around. Come on. You got to sow that seed and you got to water it. And so here it tells us that we're born again by the incorruptible or imperishable word of God. So, how, so when Jesus said you're born of water, unless you're born of water, he's talking about being born of the word. We're born of his word. Amen. His word produces birth, gives, us, gives birth to Jesus in us. Time does not permit me to say this, I mean, to go into details, but we'll look at it maybe next week. When Mary received the word of God from that angel that she was going to be, that, that she was going to re receive Jesus into her and, and the, the Holy Spirit was to overshadow her. He, at that moment, it's a, it's a, 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 a display of what happens to a person when they get born again. According to your word, be it unto me. And the Bible says, and what was conceived in her was the holy child, Jesus. When you and I are born again, Jesus comes inside. Ephesians 3, I pray that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So it's scripture to ask Jesus into your heart. According to your word. So when you hear the gospel, the word of God comes inside and Jesus is birthed inside of you. Not that like baby, but that his life, his nature, his spirit. Are you with me? Don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm married. I'm pregnant like Mary. No, no. I'm trying to give you an illustration of what happens and what takes place when we're born again. I have to clarify that because somebody's going to take this and run with, oh, yeah, we're, we're little Marys. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Mary needed Jesus like we do. And he, she prayed like we need to pray. And she was in the upper room with the rest of the disciples. She got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken to us. So you want to be like Mary? Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Believe in the Son of the living God. Amen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I got wonderful Catholic friends. I love them. Uh, but we don't pray to Mary. Uh, uh, we don't worship Mary or any other saint because we are saints just like Mary is. His blood made us just like on the same level as a saint like anybody else we uh, admire from the scriptures. Amen. We're part of the family. Uh, we, we're no greater than them and they're no greater than us. We're all serving the living God. Amen. Amen. So being born again of that incorruptible, imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. And real quick, um, it says we're born through the word of God. The word changes our heart. It changed our spiritual status. It is through the imperishable, un un undestroyable word of God. It takes, it takes the word of God for us to be born again. We know from Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says that we have um, faith comes. Let's go over there real quick. I got two more scriptures, and, and then I'll let you go. Uh, Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, and let's look at verse 17. And you know the scripture that it deals with about, you know, how should they hear unless someone's sent and preacher and so forth. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Um, faith comes by hearing. King James says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing in hearing the word of God or the word of Christ. It's not just hearing the Bible. There's an app that I love, you know, Dwell app, 
and it's scriptures, and sometimes I go to bed listening to the New Testament or the Psalms or Proverbs, and that's good. But it's not just hearing the Bible. If you look it up in the Greek, it means to hear, faith only comes through the anointed word of God. The anointed, Christ means the anointed one. So faith only comes under anointing, preaching, and teaching. Not just any teaching. Just because you got the Christian station on doesn't mean faith has been produced. Faith comes from hearing anointed word of Christ. The anointed word of Christ. The anointed gospel. The anointed, well, what do you mean? Is, is there other gospels that are not anointed? I'm not saying that. I, I'm simply saying that if it's not anointed, faith is not going to be there. You know that there are people who, who can preach and teach the word from, a, a, from literature, you know, and, and look at it and unpack it in a way. I remember, never forget this, I went to um, Rutgers, and, and there was a teacher, she was a New Testament teacher, and she would get up and she would unpack the New Testament. I mean, she, I, I would come home, I said, honey, she is close to salvation. <laughs> right? And my, she would be preaching. I'm like, yo, she's breaking this word down. And she was just coming from an intellectual standpoint. She was, she was not born again. She, she was not even trying to be born again. And she was just teaching what the, the facts about the historical Jesus and what he really was like and, and how what the, the Jewish, um, the Greco-Roman Greco world looked like while he was in place and, and he had these followers and, and, and he was, there was, you know, so forth. And she was beginning and she was, I'm breaking it down. It made me want to read the Bible more. But guess what? It didn't produce faith in me. It fed my intellect. I mean, I, I, my intellect got stimulated, like, whoa, you better preach. Give me, this is before Cash App, give me your Cash App. I mean, I was about to throw some money at her feet. I mean, she just taught that word, like, you, girl, you, I would go up to her and say, yo, where you, give me some information. Like, where you get this stuff from? But it wasn't, it didn't produce faith in me. Faith only comes from anointed word of God. You can't get faith under somebody who don't believe in miracles. How can you have faith for miracles when somebody deny that it even exists? Right? There's something, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't take, you know, so, so we, we got to sit under the anointed. You got to hear anointed word, anointed word. And, I, I, and we've, been, I've been, we've been looking at a lot of stuff with the cult leaders and so forth, on documentaries and so forth, you know, Jim Jones and different people, crazy people. And it's, 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 it's not just a lot of times they, they believe that they were, the, they were the only ones anointed. And, you know, we, we're not, we don't preach that. We're just a small part of the body of Christ. We got other brothers and sisters who are anointed and, and, and oh, God, they're doing a great work for God, and we support that, and we pray for that. Amen? So don't ever get part of a, a, of a group that believes that they're the only one. That's a mark of a cult. <laughs> they believe they got such re great revelations of God. I'm saying all that to say you do want to distinguish when it's anointed or not. And how do you know if it's anointed? Does it touch your emotions? Not necessarily. Anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. Something happens. An anointed teacher will teach and understanding will enter your heart. How do you know if it's anointed? It, it, it brings understanding. It brings liberation. You're set free from some bondages that you didn't even know you had. That's how you know it is anointed, not just the emotions, not just because somebody can scream and shout. Sometimes people use psychology in preaching. Sometimes they talk about the culture in a way that makes you excited. I can put up some props and nothing gets props. And it can get you, it can stimulate you. <laughs> but my props are whack. <laughs> And most of my illustrations are too. <laughs> so, so, so I got to stay with what I know. <laughs> Amen. And, and I, I can flourish in that. Mr. Minister Allen used to always have illustrations, and they'd be banging like, yo, where you get that from? Well, PD? Nope. <laughs> it's okay, though. You know, and so it's not just the emotion side of the word, but it's that real true transformation. Something happens when you're sitting on the anointing word, the anointed word of God, you have a greater desire for God. The anointing, when it comes, it, it makes you want, hey, God, I got to pray. I got to give. I got to witness. I got to share. I got to live this thing out. That's the anointing. Amen? Amen? 
Amen. I just want to put that in. But being born again. So faith comes by the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Being, being born again is a great mystery. How does God take a person who is on their way to hell, who had the sin nature and changes their nature? We know that he uses the word of God. He transforms men and women, boys and girls, through the word. This is why you got to give your kids the word. When they leave your house, they need to have something in them so they can refer back to the Holy Spirit. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with, with your kids. Amen? That they can go back and say, Mom and Dad taught us this. They taught us this. They may be wilding for a while, but Mom and Dad gave us the word, and God is able to use that word and bring them in. Amen? Quick personal story, um, my brother and I, well, it was a bunch of us grew up in the same house. And I remember one of my brothers, the one who went home to be with the Lord, I mean, he just did, you know, made dumb decisions. And, um, and I never forget, he came to church, Brian prayed for him one time. I think shortly before he passed, um, prayed with him and, um, and ministered to him. And it, but, but the thing about it, no matter what he did in the world, he will always come back to the word. He, he will always get convicted. And I'm telling you, that word is so powerful. And, and you heard me say this, some of y'all have. I saw moments, I, somebody videotaped him as he was dying. Um, and I saw moments before he died. And I listened to a whole, a lot of times. And I heard him say, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, that's all I needed to hear. And I could preach his eulogy <laughs> and say, hey, he's in heaven. <laughs> I heard him say, Jesus. I'm telling you, that word will not go void. God, you put that word in, in a person, that word will come back. Amen. Amen? Don't ever, it may not look like it's changing anything, whether it's on your job or with your parents or, or with your relatives or cousins or brothers or friends or best friends. You may have best friends who are not saved, but I'm telling you, you put that word in them and you put that word out, it gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. We can see in Genesis how the Lord did not move unless the word was spoken. The spirit of God was always present, even in the darkness. But when the father spoke, he says, let there be light. The spirit of God moved on the word and formed the light. You and I, when we speak the word, the Holy Spirit moves on that word and brings that person into the greater understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? He uses the word real quick. And so we see that Jesus says, you born of the water and you got to be born of the spirit. The Holy Spirit, and we'll emphasize this next week, the Holy Spirit causes us to be regenerated. We were once disobedient, led astray, slaves to our own passions. The goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us not of our own works, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's found in Titus chapter 3. Let's go there real quick. Titus chapter 3. This is my last scripture. Titus chapter 3, it says this, verse 3 through 7. It says, for we ourselves were once foolish. How many were foolish? Amen. <laughs> Disobedient. Led astray. Slaves to various passions and pleasures. Some people, they love pleasure. They love passion. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Passion is not only sexual things. You can be passionate about some, un, some good things that are bad, <laughs> that can end up being bad. See, you, can, you know, it's one thing to, to, um, to enjoy something, but to enjoy things to the, 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 the max is to have God in the mix. You may be enjoying a good marriage, but you're going to enjoy a great marriage with God. Amen. Amen. You may be enjoying your job or, or that car or, 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 or that promotion or that raise, but to enjoy it with God, that's another level. Amen. Passions of pass, passing our days in malice and envy. Listen to this. Hated by others. Haters, right? And then not only are, are there some haters, but hating one another. At one point, we hated people. Come on. And if you're a Christian, you don't hate anybody. You may feel hatred. <laughs> you may feel dislike. But if you're really born again, you, you can't hate. 
There's something inside of us that won't let us hate. And that something is Jesus and then the Holy Spirit and the Father. We can't hate. I don't care how you don't like your mother-in-law. You can't hate her. <laughs> your father-in-law. You can't hate them. You know, or that cousin or that uncle. You can't hate them. There's something that happens. When you're born again, God brings his love. The first thing that he, he, he gives us is his love. Keith Green, who's a mentor from afar, never met him. He, he was dead before I was of age. And he, he has a song called, You Put This Love in My Heart. You Put This Love in My Heart. The first thing that God does is puts his, he puts his love in our hearts. Romans 5, for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes inside, he brings his love. So truly, you can't say, I hate somebody. If you're born again, you can't really mean it. You may say it. You don't mean it, though. I hate you. On the inside, like, something ain't right. No, no. You don't really hate them. How many have ever experienced it? How many have ever said, listen, moment of transparency. See, how many have ever said that you hated somebody after salvation? When you said it, <laughs> when you said it, what did you sense on the inside of you? <laughs> yeah, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right, exactly. Some people don't do that, though. <laughs> They're like, I just confess it before the Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God will deal with you. He says, get it right. I don't know about y'all, but I can't, I, can't, I can't be out of sync with my wife and the Lord don't convict me. I can try to pray, prepare for ministry, confess the word. He's like, ain't nothing's happening here, buddy. Get it right. <laughs> Amen. And same with your children. You know, the Lord, the Lord deal with you like, I mean, I'm, I'm quick. To, you know, I've learned how to apologize to my wife by learning how to apologize to my children. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I recognize that I, sometimes I mess up. I, I, I mess up. I apologize. F please forgive me. And the Lord said, what about your wife? <laughs> you so quick to apologize to your seed but not your wife <laughs> or your boss. <laughs> Are you supervisor? <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> Some of y'all said that boss is going to hell. <laughs> Preach that next week. <laughs> JC said we'll work on that. Let's work on the spouse and the children. Then we'll we'll deal with it. <laughs> All right, let me finish up. <laughs> it says, this is funny. <laughs> so verse three, the verse three says, hated by others and hating one another. Verse four, but when the goodness and love and kindness of God, our Savior, has appeared, our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works, done by us in righteousness. We know that we can't earn God's salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn it, <laughs> and that frees us up. I mean, when you come to that understanding, it frees you up. Like, man, <laughs> you mean to tell me, you know, Lord, Lord, you get me out of this, Lord, I go to Africa. You can just say, Lord, get me out of this. Amen? You don't have to make promises of Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like I did. <laughs> when I was a kid, I, was, I did something I had no business doing. And um, I was, um, I ain't going to tell you about that because it's not really relevant. It's not because, I, you know, I, not what I did was bad. But I remember like, Lord, please don't let my parents find out. God, I'll go to Africa. <laughs> I end up going to Africa years later. <laughs> I'm telling you. So you don't have to be in a situation like that. You don't have to make those promises. Lord, if you give me out, I promise God. Oh, I, oh God, I read every, the Bible every day. <laughs> and the first day you miss it, you're like, oh, God, he's going to get me. <laughs> he's not that type of God. Amen. Come on, let's praise God for that. He, he's, oh, God, he is amazing and merciful. I mean, I'm going to keep preaching like this. Listen, listen, we don't have a God that he's waiting to beat us over the head. Because you want to go see a Listen, I took my kids to go see Father Stew, which was supposed to be a Christian movie. And it was so many cuss words in it. I was like, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. 
<laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, sometimes we make mistakes, but he's so faithful. I apologize to my kids again and again and again. Please forgive me for taking you to see that. Well, it got good, though. They stopped cussing. And Declan in there, he's like, please take us out of here. This is, and then somebody told me, remember, I ain't going to tell you who. This member said, it would have been better for you to take them to Harry Potter than Father Stu. I said, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I got quiet on that. Um, verse 5. He saved us not, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. And then listen to this part. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might be, become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Notice this. It says that by the regeneration or the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Regeneration is the transformation of a, personal, a person's spiritual condition from death to life through the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. Regeneration is the transformation of a person's spiritual condition from death to life through the work of the Holy Spirit. The regeneration. It takes the word in the spirit to cause the miracle of salvation and a new birth. Regeneration, renewal, um, regeneration is the act that results in something which already existed, exists coming into being afresh or starting anew. To be renewed is to be become reestablished in a like new, often improved manner. To renew is to be re reestablished. When we get born again, God reestablishes us. He gives us a new nature. He gives us a new name. <clears throat> he gives us a new home, heaven. He gives us a new family, the body of Christ. He gives us a new race. Yes, he does. See, this is why people get mad at me sometimes when I say, my, I, 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 my faith is greater than my race. I'm first a faith man before I'm a black man. People get upset, but 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 because he gives me a brand new perspective, a brand new mind. Come on, I don't see. I got we were. I was letting the people out, my family out, uh, in front of the church, and the cop says, "You gonna move?" I said, "Yes, sir." <laughs> gives me a new perspective. The old Dwayne would have been like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I had that fear. But I, I, I said, yes, sir. I respected and honored the minister of God. Yeah, yeah. Romans 13, come on. Yeah. He gives you a new way of thinking, a new way of doing stuff, reestablished, born again. And we're supposed to allow that nature to govern us all the way into heaven. I'm going to stop there. Amen. Amen. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I give you name, give your name, glory, and honor. I thank you that the word of God will do surgery on us. Come on, lift up them hands. <laughs> thank you. You're going to take us up and out through your word and by your spirit. Do surgery on us through your word. Help us to understand the new birth, the greatest miracle. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Recently, um, I worked with an individual when I was working for Budweiser, and I just found out this individual, this man, he really helped me a lot when I was there. <clears throat> he passed. And a couple of weeks after he passed, he, he I mean, uh, a couple of weeks after he retired, he passed. And it was like, man, I mean, it just kind of like really messed with me. I'm like, man, you spend all your years working, then you retire and you die. Let us not be, let that, let that not be our testimony. Amen. Amen. Follow the spirit of the Lord. Follow the leadership of the spirit. That we may live out the maximum of our days. That, that we may do everything that God places in our, what, whatever he places in our hearts. May we fulfill that, those dreams, those goals. Like, Lord, let, let it be. Let it be. So let it be. That's what amen means. So let it be. We let the church say amen. So let it be. May we not die before our time, before we have emptied ourselves and lived out this calling and this purpose and shared the gospel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And the church of God says amen. 
That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.